Hey man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy my rabbies, and welcome to the Badam Chain with me. How you doing man? I think I'm doing okay, you know, feeling pretty good. Uh, I did take last Friday off. So if you didn't notice or did notice, uh, there wasn't an episode and that was by design. I just felt like, you know, I've been uh, releasing every episode since like February or March. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to sit one week out. You know, I just needed to revamp some stuff in my life personally, uh, not financially because I'm so rich. But, you know, it just felt good to take a break and, uh, you know, come back at this thing hitting hard. So welcome me back to the Badon Ching, baby. All right. Uh, oh, check this out, guys. Last Sunday, a group of us comics went down to Nashville State Community College and took a TV production class for the NECAT Network, which basically means we're going to take over a public access channel. I'll keep you guys posted uh, when we find out more, but I'm excited about it. Man. I really think this is going to help unify the scene in the best way and to, uh, you know, take over the world like i said so nothing wrong with that nothing but positives i think in that in that regard uh also man got some big news yesterday but i'm not gonna share it yet uh, i'll keep you posted ladies and gentlemen oh hey check this out also i want to appreciate some of you uh cats out there on the scene man that have come up to me and thank me for for doing this podcast especially the uh newer comics you you guys have told me that this is uh helped them get to know the comics on the scene so hey man you're welcome uh all i mean is just you know you, you know where to send the check okay i'm like the wikipedia of nashville comedy i guess i'm free but you know you can donate from time to time all right guys <laughs> you ready for your uh, next guest well you should be this week's guest is becca raleigh becca raleigh is also uh my co-worker uh, we do the same job, so we don't technically work together, but uh, like minds, I guess. So naturally, you know, I know her pretty well, so the conversation flows easy. And uh, she is a newer comic on the scene, and she's got a fun story to tell. And I think uh, it's time for her to tell it. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Becca Raleigh. Yes. Becca, you got that truly popsicle. I do. I do. I, never, I didn't know they made those kind of things. Yeah, it was um, a questionable purchase, that's for sure. Did you get like a whole case of them? Yeah, I did. I did. It's taking me a while to get through all of them. But when I'm in desperation, that's what I pull out. Yeah. Speaking of desperation, man, a uh, nice apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. No, I like this because this looks exactly like what a comics apartment should look like. Mm. You know what I mean? Like... I'm getting my own place in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it's if it looked like this, I'd be ecstatic. I, I, my goal is to make it look just like this. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So no, I, I think it like honestly, the the chair you have over here is like my aunt had one of those when I grew up. So I feel that you know what I mean. It, it, yeah. This whole place reminds me of like either it's a it's a mix between hand me downs and found objects. I like that. My, it's a good vibe. Exactly what it is. It's not a roast. My grandma gave me that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. 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 And and she, my aunt's probably grandma, or she is grandma age, so that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I didn't mean to roast your place. I, no. This is a compliment. No, no. I mean, like, I know my place is cute. Okay, Carl. Mm-hmm. 
know. Well, then that's what I want people to think. Imagine what my place would look like. That's what your place looks like. So, you say it's cute. That's cute. I, but that doesn't scream cute to me because I don't imagine <laughs> your place to look like this at all. <laughs> I mean, like maybe the square footage, but like. Well, the square footage for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. But I like. I think your couch uh, has cat hair on it, and you don't even have a cat. That's what I think. Oh well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just has fur on it for yeah. for no reason. <laughs> Okay. Well, that was a roast of you. That was. No, no, yeah, but yeah. no, it, it's not really, it's not that far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think people that are listening, they get it. You know, they, the people that don't even know me, they probably get an idea at, at this juncture of who I am, so. And you do have sense. cat vibes, and I don't, I don't mean cat that in a bad way. I was teasing earlier. No, no, yeah. but I, I do love cats, you know, oh. like I, I grew up, uh, I had better memories of my cats than I did my dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you're right. Cat vibes. Cat vibes. What are you going to do? Some people are cat people, though. Yeah, no, I'm know. sure it works well with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the biggest roast so far. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you get goth chicks. Am I wrong? Oh, that, that could be that could be a thing, right? I never really uh, thought about it. I should, I should start wearing like more typo negative uh, shirts. Do you remember them? Probably not. Taco negative? Taco negative. <laughs> yeah, taco negative. <laughs> Is that what you said? No, it's a typo. It was oh. a band. I don't even know what. Like, what? What's goth to you, Becca? I don't even know. Um, fishnets. Um, are goth to me? It's just a fashion statement, I think. Yeah, it's not really. Well, I, I was thinking think, more I music. I don't. I think it's less of an attitude and more of just like a fashion statement. Like people like the aesthetic. I don't know if there's necessarily a goth attitude. I know when I was in high school, I argued that I was punk rock. You were punk rock. I was, yeah, hard like that, and that was the difference to me. It mattered when I was fifteen, I guess. But was it about the music or just the attitude? Both. 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 Who, who was punk rock to you though? Uh, I was really into the Sex Pistols. Okay, so you, you took it all the way back. I then. took it all the way back. Yeah. I was obsessed with Kurt Cobain, which I realize is grunge, but like he sent me down a track into like Sex Pistols and the Dead Kennedys were my personal favorite um, of the. Uh, time period that I was listening to that and I always hated the Ramones okay really uh yes. oh let's go not not for you no I well I mean like that that's an okay song but they all just sound the same and they're really short and I'm just like mm, I can't twerk to this no, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> twerking to punk <laughs> I'm gonna do it someday you just have to get me drunk enough that's when I know I need to go well, home you keep eating those truly popsicles you know see what happens mm. That's when I need. That's when I know I need to go home. When I've reached my pinnacle of like, if I drink anymore, I'm going to like just absolutely. And that is when I start twerking. Then, I, <laughs> then I'm like, I need to go home. <laughs> For me, it's usually when I'm uh, uh, passed out at a bar. It's usually when I'm told I need to go home. Oh. But you know, we all have our triggers, I guess. Right. Speaking of uh, cats, you just got a dog. I have. That's a. Mango, mm -hmm. right? He's not evil. Mango. I thought I thought he's gonna be like purely evil. Oh, sorry, I just said it. Yeah, she's she's yeah. eating a mango popsicle, by the way. Oh yeah, it's a mango truly popsicle. Did you name him after the popsicle? Oh, um, no, I had this dog that I loved to get um, before him um, that I had to put down when he was sixteen, and his name was Kiwi James. Oh, okay. Yes. So this is just the next tropical step. Yep, this is the next tropical step. And I didn't actually name Kiwi James. He was my ex-husband's childhood dog that 
chose me in the divorce. Nice. And he came with that name, but I loved it so much. Wait, wait, the child's dog yeah, my, chose you, my, but the child didn't. My ex's childhood dog. Right. Yeah. Oh, childhood dog. I was yeah. thinking. I was thinking his child's dog chose you. Oh no no no. Oh uh, okay, that'd have been no, like I don't so mean. Guys with children. That'd be so mean <laughs> to like take somebody's kid's dog. <laughs> <laughs> chose me. Chose me, Carl. You know, I've never dated anybody with kids either, and I'm way older than you. That's just I don't know. I've never done Ain't. it. I would. I wouldn't know how to do Ain't it. Low. You know, like especially now. Well, maybe it, it may, if I dated my own age now, it would make sense because those kids probably are in college. Mm-hmm. And so that would be Perfect fine. Perfect timing. That would be fine, I guess. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm going to hold out for. Okay. But I'm going to be a cougar, I think. Me too. I'm looking forward to being a yeah. cougar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a vibe. Like, I'm, um, I'm done dating guys my age. When I was younger, I always dated older guys. Uh-huh. And now that I'm older <laughs> yeah now that i'm that age uh well back i would always be like i never i would never understand it like how can you blah 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 and i get it now like i've banged a couple 21 year olds now and i'm just like yeah oh, okay fucking, yeah I, I get it i haven't thought about it until just now i was like oh yeah i guess if i'm dating people actually my age uh they would if they had kids they're not gonna be living in a house so that'd be okay yeah every, hmm. i mean dude the world this is why i love breakups carl i love breakups <laughs> yes, I do. I love breakups. I'm so excited for you. Like, oh, well, I mean, you know, it's it's okay, though. Dude, just, there's so many doors opening to you that you can't even see yet. Yeah. It's the best part about a breakup. I, you know, I, I'm so used to it at this point. I have me more do- doors am I allowed? You know, it's like if it's a game, game show host, like, uh, Carl, door number 17. You know, I don't know. I mean, it does. You die eventually, but like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I but about there's that different part. doors. There's always different doors. Always different doors. Always different doors. Are you gonna talk louder on the mic? If oh, I'm like, sorry. They can't hear you. You're getting too comfortable. I'm sorry. This is a podcast. My well, you know what? This is my first podcast. What, Carl? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should have filled you in on. Yeah. Podcast yeah. Like you're it. not giving me proper instruction. I've been trained for this. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been trained for this. Oh, okay. It's not well, my fault. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, well. No, nah, I'm not. There dumb. it is. <laughs> I'm all. I'm all right. I'm all right. But You're yeah, right. no. I mean, you got to tell me. Oh well, I just did. Yeah, thank you. Oh, there we go. Very cool. Well, I didn't tell you you're dumb. You're not dumb. I, I don't <laughs> think you're dumb. That's not I true. Know. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You because look so you, fearful, though. But, you look so fearful there for a second. But if you think that you're dumb, like we do, think, we, we oh, do wow. the same things. We work at the same place, and we both do comedy. So if you think you're dumb, <laughs> and I think I'm not dumb, maybe I should reevaluate myself. <laughs> it's um, I think Eddie Ortiz made a joke about this, uh, but um, it was so spot on, and it's um, I think it's like it's. Not that you're dumb, it's that you're always around for all of the dumb shit that you do. That, like, like I see all the dumb shit I do. You miss out on most of it, because, like... Because we don't work together, technically. We have the same job, but we never work together, because... No, we never. Yeah, yeah. Never work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's just, You like, even told me, remember that time you said, uh, uh, bad job, Becca, that's what... Bad, yeah. That's what you say. Bad job, Becca. <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing a good job, and sometimes I'm doing a bad job, you know? (laughs) 
But it's not a failure as long as you learn something. But you know yourself. Yeah, I do. I do know myself. <laughs> yeah. I do. Well, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm glad to have you here because, like, I don't... I know who you are kind of just, just from hanging out mics and, and seeing you in passing at work. But, like, to actually sit down with you and, and rap about, like, uh, you know, your whole trajectory. I'd be curious. And I think a lot of people when they're listening, since it's a comedy podcast, would be like, what got you into comedy? Um, but maybe we'll backtrack a little more. What brought you to Nashville first? Um, I came to Nashville three years ago uh, to um, restore the wax figures at uh, Madame Trousseau's. Um yeah. In the, in the Opry Mills Mall. In the Opry right? Mills Mall, yeah. Nobody knows that there's a wax museum there, but there is. It's pretty new. Like, it, it came, like, during COVID, I think. No, no, no. Was it before that? Yeah, because I moved here three years ago. What? How long do you think COVID... What? I just said that. Jesus. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm but I thought it was before they ago. opened, though. Four years ago. What do you mean? Well, I guess that's how long it's been since I've been to the mall. Like, cause Four I, years? Well, I mean, like, maybe, because, uh, well, I haven't walked around the mall until, like, past six months, I noticed Madame Tussauds. Oh, well, it's existed. <laughs> I <laughs> guess prior I guess to that moment. You're right. It has yeah. existed before. Yeah, nothing exists unless Carl has seen it for his own eyes. That's true. Yeah. Have but, you seen Bigfoot? No, okay. Yes. Remember, I showed you a picture earlier. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, anyway, sorry. But, um, the time. people should know that, uh, yeah, you have an artist background. Mm. Yes, I am an excellent artist, Carl. I am. You're, you're painting dummies. <laughs> well, um, we called them figures, um, and, uh, yeah, like, people would fuck up those wax figures. That was my job, essentially, was to fix it when some psychopath was like, I'm going to rip out Diana Ross's eyelashes. Oh, you mean, like, just people, oh, the customers would come by. Yeah, the customers would come ravish by. Ravish it. Yeah, be like, is that really wax? And then they, like, you know, dig a hole in the cheek, and then you'd have to fill it. Oh, God. You know? Or, like, they poke everybody in the eyes and to clean the eyes off later, or replace the eyelashes. How often did you find yourself having to do touch-up stuff at, home, at daily basis constantly. there was always yeah it was constant it was constant was there certain ones that you saw got messed with more taylor than taylor swift anybody outside taylor swift looks terrible she oh got god yeah so <laughs> imagine if she was actually there just as a person people would just tear her apart Oh, yeah. No, yeah, they definitely would. That's why people, like, have security teams. Because, like, they 100% would, like... Um, like, just the disrespect. Because, I mean, like, it's still... Not only does it look exactly like a person, because those things were pretty fucking awesome. Especially when they were new. Um, but, so... Not only does it look just like a person, and you're willing to, like, damage it. It's also, like... Like a, I think they were valued at three hundred grand a piece. It took like nine months to make one. Yeah, I remember like, seeing. I remember like years ago when I was a kid, uh, before your time. I watched a twenty twenty episode. I swear to God, nineteen eighty eight, I think. And they had a Madame Tussauds special. Mm-hmm. And I always remember this. And it showed that they there were artists that were putting in individual hairs, yeah, each strand that. of hair. You did that. I you did, did that. the individual hair. How 
did you not lose your entire mind? Oh, that, I loved it. That is a million hairs. If it's like maybe like a ball guy, like Larry David probably has like 50 hairs, you know, oh, which is fine. Oh, you're blowing up. Oh, no, I got to turn my phone. Let me. Uh, yeah. Like the hair part, like to stick hair in the head would take six weeks. Um, How do you find the patients to do that? Uh, I mean, like I was mainly just restoring them. I wasn't making them from. Um, from scratch. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. You're just like, well, somebody ripped out uh, Michael Jackson's eyeball, and we just need you to put his eyeball back together. Yeah. Um, well, no, not the eyes, but, like, um, so I did I did James Brown. So James Brown came from New York. There's several different... Madame Tussauds has existed for the past 200 years. So, like, there's, yeah. like, old figures and closets in weird places. Closeted that, figures. I, I really don't imagine anybody in Nashville really tearing apart James Brown, though. No, they, they left James he was, Brown okay, but okay, he was yeah. in New York first, and, and New York is... Oh, then they tore him apart. I wonder if they're still, like, like uh, tearing the Beatles and Elvis' clothes off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> no, I know they are. I know they are. Wow. Because they sent me to Vegas, and I did maintenance in Vegas. I redid um, uh, Jennifer Aniston's figure when I was in Vegas. The, does it, it seems like it would feel like at a certain point that... Did you ever think that you could transfer from mannequins to working like as a forensic, you know, like like a mortu- mortician? There no, because that seems like the exact same thing. I know. A couple it, of stiffs. It, is, it is. It is in a lot of ways, but no, these were definitely just objects. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, figures. Like, there's figures, and like, I mean, I keep, you could really get into it. Like, I mean, there is there are points in time in the paint job. I mean, like the paint. Painting their faces, when I'm, that was the main thing I did was paint their face, and that took, like, um, it would take me, like, a week or so, and it's, like, about 30 layers of oil paint. At some point in time in that process, um, they would just absolutely come alive, you know? Like, yeah. suddenly it would be, like, a real person. Um did you find like did you just put shades on them like stop looking at me <laughs> oh my gosh there um george there was a couple of them that really freaked me out none of them really bothered me but um george from the beatles really fucking freaked me out really yeah because uh he had really dark brown eyes that was my mom's favorite too he had really dark brown eyes um or at least his figure did and it looked like he was staring at you no matter where you were in the room and he oh, fucking yeah. liquid scared me like <laughs> but the rest of them not so much not so much yeah Mm-mm, no but that place was haunted you think so the, the i couldn't imagine I, the mall is haunted i don't know if i told you this and uh uh i'll tell you this now i, I haven't really thrown that out there much but like as a child i was terrified of both wax museums and and more so like animatronics mm. like just like Chuck E. Cheese mm. the idea of like these movable mannequins oh yeah no fuck that no I, I, I couldn't handle it as a kid and, and really the fear here's the one fear I had as a kid with wax museums they're already kind of creepy uh, but I, I was at one uh, when I was a kid in Branson, Missouri and David Banner uh, was turned into the Hulk. It was the original, like, the Incredible Hulk TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people out there, probably my people are listening, uh, that they remember that show from the, like, late 70s, early 80s. Well, there's a, there's a thing where you could flip it. I met that guy once. Oh, Lou Ferrigno or the other guy? Lou Ferrigno. You met, you met the guy that, all right, well, check this out. Okay. They had David Banner, mm-hmm. Bill Bixby, who played David Banner, and, like, 
if you press this button, it it would like flip to where it changed from David Banner to the Hulk. And when I hit the switch, it was Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk, but his hands were missing. Like I don't know if it was like in process and they just left it left it as is, but that scarred me. I was terrified at that point. I had a huge phobia of mannequins. It just freaked me out. Oh. I started crying. It was like Hulk with no hands. So you would not enjoy going to the wax museum? No. Oh. No, it, it, I would treat it like uh, a haunted a haunted house. Yeah. So when you said it's haunted, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Now, and, and the other story, I'm sorry I'm yapping about this, Do but it. like, Do they it. just, you, you send me down a mannequin wormhole of fear. Uh, when I... <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was over it. Good, dude. You know, you think I'm a good comic. I was a great ghost tour guide, but continue. Oh, we're going to get there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, by the time I was, like, 9 or 10, we go to Hot Springs, Arkansas, again on vacation. I don't know why I'm at. My parents always wanted to include a wax museum as part of entertainment for some reason. That doesn't make any sense. I just want to go to the mall. You know, like, buy me a shirt. I don't mm-hmm. know. what You know, like, whatever kids do. Go the go to the hotel pool. But yeah. we went to another wax museum. And like, oh, to be fine. They knew my scarred, you know, past and, and with amatrox, the whole thing, mannequins. And so we get there, and I'm like, oh, and like, oh, it'll be fine, Carl, it'll be fine. We go up this escalator, and I swear to God, literally, as we go up the escalator, it it's pure darkness, and then a light shines on of the image of Christ on a cross, oh, a God. crucified Jesus oh, no. mannequin. Oh, fuck. And I, I was on the escalator, I kneeled. Not not from like worship, but from fear. I was trying to get out of there. It was like, oh, it, it could have been Satan. You know, what I mean, yeah. it, like it didn't matter. It oh, looked like death. I and, guarantee and, you, they put a like something weird inside of him. And and from that, it it opened another dark room to the Last Supper, and I was like, I'm out of here. I can't handle this. Oh, I've never seen a religious I, wax it, museum. And it was the first exhibit. As you go up an escalator, was you see dead Jesus on the cross, and it freaked me out. Mm. Really freaked me out. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like going to these things, man. It's weird that they made <laughs> Jesus so scary. Like, did they not realize that they were it was making realistic. a scary Jesus? It, I was nine years old, and it freaked me out. And, like, yeah, I grew up in it, church. It sounds freaky. It's, it's not like I was like, oh, it's our Lord. It's like, no, that's a dead guy on a cross, and it's bloody, and I'm scared. And it, if they would have presented it better, like like a nice shining glow, but it was like... They had like these weird dark lights, like a reddish orange light. I'm like, this is scary. Yeah, you know? it sounds really intense, Carl. Yeah, they got me. Again. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. And he had no hands. Wouldn't it be crazy? If he oh, didn't have that hands would, either? You know what's hilarious is like, um, uh, that's, that's something people steal a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the hands. So, yeah, I've seen many a figure with no hands. Have you? Yeah. Like in the wax museum? Um, not not with it. There, uh, Johnny Cash had his thumb stolen once while I was there. I took his thumb. Mm-hmm. Ripped it right off. What? Yeah, but they're like fiberglass, so like it had to have been hard. Like somebody tried. People make no sense. I, I don't. Know. But like people just um, they don't realize their impact. You know, they're just gonna do what they want with they with they. They want. think these are throwaway like J.C. Penney mannequins. Right. Like you yeah. said, what three hundred thousand dollars per? You know yeah, what I mean, I mean it, it takes a long time to make one. It takes like thirty five different artists to make one. Of course, now Madame Trousseau itself. God, I'm gonna have to make it like 
I don't need to talk about their marketing, but essentially at one point in time, they're like, we don't want to be recognized as a museum. We want to be an attraction. And so they dumbed everything down. But the coolest part about that place was what went into make the figures and who the figures were. And they just, they reduced everything to a plaque so people didn't have to read too much. So they would walk through faster. Okay. And they just wanted it to be like... Sell more tickets. Yeah, sell more tickets, walk through faster. You just take a quick selfie with it and you're in, you're out. And they wouldn't uh, branch away from the whole idea of it being a museum, but like... Like I said, the coolest part about it was what it took to make the figures and who they represented, and they took those two things away from it, and I hope it dies. Is that why you split? Um, I split because, um, I mean, after COVID, a lot of people didn't get brought back, and um, it was it was very hard to explain to somebody... Uh, my level of artistry that wasn't an artist and that was who was running the show and they would rather have me sell tickets than fix anything you know so, so they, they they took you from back of house creator to front of house selling popcorn basically yeah yeah wow. and so I left yeah yeah as you should yeah and then, uh, but she was afraid of mannequins too. That was the lady that was running it, terrified of mannequins. She never wanted to look at the attraction. She didn't know what was going on. She didn't understand the importance of my job. She just wanted me to sell tickets, and I, I knew that I just couldn't, I couldn't work for her. So I was like, okay, you don't even like this place. What are you doing here? I yeah. actually had a passion for it, and she was gonna like. And I remember you talk talk to me like, uh, in the past, where you said like it kind of killed your passion for for doing that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, also, I mean, I got paid, like, $16 an hour. I was getting paid nothing. For what you were doing. I yeah. mean, for inserting a million hairs into, you know, voluptuous, you know, whatever, like, <laughs> Elton, Brown's why does Elton wrote. John, why does Elton, Elton John has no hair. I'm like, Elton John's voluptuous Elton John's hair. in there. Yeah, but his hair's probably, like, more like 200 count, like a thread count, like a sheet. Well, I mean, he's a younger, <laughs> he's a younger, uh, a younger. Ah, uh, yes, I, oh, no, no, I was talking about Elton John. Either, either way, though, a younger one, that's better. All right, so we, we'll oh, yeah, get it. doesn't matter. We go from we go from wax figures to the other thing I know about you, Becca, which was you were uh, doing ghost tours in Nashville. I was doing ghost tours in downtown Nashville. Okay, and and Ooh. we're gonna see the correlation. I think that led you into comedy through that. But like, walk me through how the ghost tour experience was for you in Nashville. Um. Well, <laughs> how do you how do you even start doing that anyway? Uh, you answer an Indeed ad, Carl. Um, and I was just looking for any kind of job, really. And I was, um, I wasn't a huge theater, um, nerd by any means, but I did do some in high school. And so I just, I knew I was good at, um, public speaking and they were paying $25 an hour plus tips. So, and I had just, I'd left Madame Trousseau's and I needed fucking something. Oh, it's a job. So it's a job. It was a job. <laughs> it's a job, Carl. And I was fucking great at it. I didn't realize I was going to like enjoy it as much as I did. Because like, like, you know, the Trousseau's gig is like, I'm sure it's a lot of sol- solitude. Mm-hmm. So like to go that from that to like, uh, you know, like a, a, a spokes like a mouthpiece for, you know, these tours. Yeah. Was that a smooth transition for you? 
Uh, yeah, no, I went, it went pretty well. Um, but, like, the crazy thing about it is, is I used to be, I used to have panic, like, panic attacks in crowds. <laughs> so, it's hilarious to me that, like, I caught over that enough to, like, guide ghost towards downtown. Um, so it was, like, a, it was a personal challenge on a whole other different level. Um. Do they give you, I'm just curious, like, in general, do they give you, like, specific... Uh, packets to memorize or is a thing oh where, yeah like, there's like there's yeah they well they discouraged you from memorizing it verbatim like they wanted sure. you to go off script and stuff but they gave you a script they gave you like two and a half hours so the tours were only one and a half hours they would give you two and a half hours of material and you could just kind of choose from it but I um I mean, like, I had so many experiences with ghosts in Nashville that I wrote a lot of my own stories just talking about that, and then, um, So is this going back to the whole, like, haunted... Museum? museum. Yeah, I worked in a haunted wax museum. Do you have, I was like, I'm just gonna not well, bring it up on the ghost tour. <laughs> what, what was one of your haunted wax museum experiences? Okay, so, um, one night, I was working on Patsy Cline's head, and Patsy Cline's head always freaks me out the most, but, um... <laughs> She died in a in a, in a plane oh, yes. accident. I know. So like in Tennessee, yeah. The weird, like it was just weird to take her apart ever because it just felt wrong in a way. Um, but like if I'm only if if only one piece is damaged, I'm not gonna like lug the whole like to to get them out of the floor is a whole thing. So you like you know like whatever. But um. So I'm working on her head on my desk and um, like I just. Like, I felt like I could see something, but every time I looked at it, it wasn't there. But, of course, you're in a fucking wax museum, so, like, there's, like, you know, bits and pieces of, like, Stevie Wonder and, like, <laughs> whatever, like, sitting over there. So, you never, like, you're like, I don't, I'm probably fucking imagining it, you know? Like, you can always write it off in a wax museum. But then, I just, like, like got this, like, hand, like hair on end feeling, and my radio shut off, and I would go turn it back on and it would just shut off and I'd have to like like unplug it and replug it in to get it working and um and I got really tired of that game and um then my coffee mug just slid off of the side of my table and broke and this is like three o'clock in the morning I'm in this wax museum alone in this mall okay <laughs> And I was just like, all right, I'm fucking done. I'm just done. So I put Patsy Klein back together, and I was just, I texted my boss. I'm like, it's, all my work here is done. I'm just going to go home. And um, she let me go home. And um, she wasn't there. I was, but um, anyway. And as I setting the code to the door, this magnetic sign that's been on this metal door, like for the whole year and a half that I had worked there at that point in time, just fell like at that moment and I was just like I'm done I'm gone and I and I left and when I came back that the sign was back on the door and I was like oh, I imagined it like I got spooked mm -hmm. you know and I imagined it and my coffee cup was probably condensation even though it wasn't cold doesn't even make sense but whatever you know like blah 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 I was trying to write it off and I was telling my coworker about it in the morning and she goes oh that sign was definitely on the floor I I picked it up and I was just like, oh. And so we go look at the security tape, right? To, like, see what's yeah. going on. And 
you can see that my you can see my coffee cup fall off the table on its own and when I go to clock out or when I go to set the alarm and the sign falls you can see me setting the alarm and then like the whole thing just goes black for like a blip and it comes back on and I'm gone and the signs are already on the go on the ground but like the just camera the camera like cut out just in that moment that is some crazy like like <laughs> imagine, imagine what if like i don't know if you did this for the sake of your ghost story but what if the radio came back on and started playing crazy oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to think about it but like i wasn't i wasn't the only one that had ghost stories by any means like yeah. other people like they would I, report like the doors shaking i'm not i i don't i don't disagree because you're messing with like legacies of like these dead people and what else better way for them to channel their own self than a person a thing and a figure that looks exactly like that we'll see and we're right across from the opry that's why they make horror films about these things yeah but we're right across from the opry that's true you know you're right there like i would i would get really into like if i was working on somebody i would get really into their history so i learned um, all about this and like I actually wrote a whole his like a um, uh, museum tour um, of music history based on you know the layout of of our wax museum and I like got, during your ghost your ghost tour no no this was oh. while I was working at the wax museum oh wow okay. I wanted to because like I just thought like I mean like you know open up the first opening room had like when when I worked there had um Billy Holiday and Muddy Waters and um, that Bob Dylan mm-hmm. and you know like just like the conversation that you can have about the history of that. But most people would walk in, they don't even know who Billy Holiday is, and they're like, they walk beside this. They would icon. read. They would read her plaque and go, "Where's Where's Billy?" Because they would be like looking for a guy they don't even fucking know that <laughs> oh my like God. you know like and what. Yeah, I know, I know, and like we at least have... they put her in the front, in the front though, just to show the importance. Hey, she's kind of a big deal. Yeah, know. yeah. Heard of jazz. But then her plaque was just this big, you know. Her plaque was this. Big. Well, yeah, because they're like, move along, sell tickets, you know. We're yeah. a mall. We're not a. We're not a museum. We're an attraction, not a museum. But, all right. So to segue from that, that ghost story, did that lead? Do you think that led you in some way to do ghost tours? Uh, it couldn't have just been like oh indie. yeah no I was totally always into ghosts kind of infatuated with it right? yeah 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 I I was totally like I I always watched ghosty things and okay I never had any ghostly experiences until I lived with my cousin so you were goth without dressing goth I well I want I'm not into murder porn Carl not, is that what they are I don't know what they do is that what is that I what that know. means I don't know I don't know I, I was punk rock. Carl. Okay, I, well, I just, it seems like goth sounds more of a, like a horror. Well, yeah, I know, and I read tarot and stuff, so I guess it's like goth, but more mysticism. Like it's more like witchy than anything else. Oh, okay. Right on. What? Alright. Which maybe that's what goth is. I, dig- like, I don't know what it means, but I digress. So you're doing ghost tours now. You segue, you're doing yes. the ghost tours. How do you find that you are becoming a natural at telling these stories? Is that, I mean, you don't have a background like communication or anything like that, do you? No, but I did. I did a performance art when I was in college, and um, I don't know. I ran um, several different art groups um, and galleries. I ran a 
gallery. I ran several galleries. Um, in Nebraska? Yeah. I, well, I was. I ran a student-run gallery when I was a student, as well as uh, another gallery on campus. And then when I graduated, I opened up my own gallery in Lincoln. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You, you had your own art gallery? Yeah, I did. What was it called? Blueberry Center. Yeah, you've never told me that. Ever. Yeah, I did. For a couple of years. Couple of years, it it, it wow. sustained itself. I didn't make any money off of it. I'm horrible at selling art. Well, I mean, what what which is what why kind of I have so you, many fucking paintings. <laughs> what kind of things did you feature? Was it local artists? Was it yeah, yeah, yeah. A certain ty- type. I mean, like local artists. Anything you wanted to show. Anything you wanted. You just yeah. gave them a creative space to, to do that. Yep. Mostly, mostly we had a lot of printmaking artists in Lincoln and paintings, obviously. Uh, not too much photography. Uh, we did pottery show. Uh, my favorite was, um, and we, um, they didn't do it last year because of COVID, but there's um, a Fever Dream. We did Fever Dream, which is um, an interactive installation-based art show. Um where I dressed up as a cloud and I <laughs> had a bunch of lights that I controlled with remotes and in a soundtrack and um, I had another person in costume um, and I had covered my furniture in uh, these big poofy cloud forms so it looked like you were walking through the sky and my, my gallery was painted blue and then the neighboring gallery joined in and they were theirs was even fucking cooler um, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. They had a, they built a tunnel that you had to crawl through. And at the end of it, my friend, uh, Micah, and I can't remember his last name, which is terrible. <laughs> um, I have with, a friend named Micah. I, I can't remember his last name. <laughs> Classic. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, he would, he had all these, uh, fortune cookies printed and he had like this neon sign that said you're special and so you you crawled through this narrow tunnel to get to him and he gave you your fortune um and everybody got the same fortune but he dressed he like it it was a whole thing it was a whole interactive thing so we did all kinds of stuff so you so you had all these experiences anyway and it led you to ghost tours yeah <laughs> so I keep bringing you back I'm to sorry, ghost tours. No, 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 I'm it's me. I'm, I'm the one. Like, like I feel like this this onion is is like peeling away. And like every time I ask you a question, it's like, well, then this awesome thing and that you never knew about. <laughs> you know. All right. So I guess the point being, at what point do you go from doing ghost tours to, do- to get a comfortability of public speaking into saying I want to do stand up? Um, well. I, well, I've just never been nervous about public speaking, which is great for me. Uh, I can't tell you how to get over it. I was never, I never bothered me. I don't know. Because um, I guess in my baseline, I always knew that people aren't interested in perfection. They want to see uh, your recovery, essentially. So mm-hmm. I, like, I like, and I just fucked that up too. But I don't like, I don't, you know, so I didn't ever worry about being perfect. Um, but, um, uh, I discovered that I would ask this question on the ghost tour and it was, do you believe in ghosts? And I kid you not, like half the time I would be leading a tour of about 12 people and nobody there believed in ghosts. And I was just like, well, <laughs> how am I going to entertain the non-believers? Yeah. 
for two hours on this tour and so I just kind of started writing jokes to go along with each ghost story because I knew I wasn't really going to scare them although I could get them every now and then but um I um and so I that's it I just started writing jokes um and and you know just realizing that um the banter with people is what they enjoyed the most the the tours that I got the best tips on and the best reviews on were the ones that I um, told least stories, honestly. <laughs> and it was just, you know, they were getting drunk and having a good time, and I listened to their creepy childhood story, or I made them laugh, and, and you know, they liked, they liked uh, to be a part of it. And um, I realized that I could probably transfer that to comedy, although I don't do as much crowd work as I probably should in comedy, but... Yeah, especially since you have that as a natural thing. And that's a lot of things I think that a lot of comics are terrified of uh, is like uh, steering away from their own material and, and breaking that fourth wall and like you not worrying about that. Yeah, that could be a very, um, a strength that a lot of people don't have. I don't have it. You know, I'm still trying to work on it. But well, like I, I find myself like even now, like looking over their heads, I'm just trying to memorize my bits. And like I'm not ignoring the crowd, but also like, I don't have that built up naturalness and like enough uh, natural fodder to build something off of a crowd yet. You yeah. know? Well, I mean, I'm still working on it too because it is totally different when you're on stage because you're like blinded by the lights. You can't always hear what they say. A lot of times, yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and it's more impersonal and it's hard to pick out from a sea of crowd somebody who wants to interact with you well if you're giving a ghost tour with 12 people that you're in the same vicinity with you can pick up on somebody's body language so much easier and know who's going to respond to you before you get there it's yeah. different in a crowd so um you know so I, I mean it's still something that I work on because that stage that stage is a huge it's a difference isn't it yeah so do you remember your first open mic here in, in Nashville when we started doing it? Yes. All right. Can you I, talk about that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to if it sucked. I don't know. No, no. It, it didn't. It when was, when was experience. it? Um, it was in, oh, I don't even know, April, mm-hmm. March, end of March. Of this year, right? Of this year. Wow. Right after I got... It was April because I got my I got vaccinated and I was just like I need to go fucking do something and mm-hmm. that's what I chose to do and I went to um, out east on Thursday yeah um, and I had no idea what I was walking into and I went alone and um, and I did my um, bit about short guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I did my bit about short guys. Um, I can't remember what else. I, what else I said? It was probably just that. And um, what, was Tyler, the, what was the reaction? Uh, well, one one short gentleman <laughs> kept coming up to me, telling me that he was going to eat my pussy for forty five minutes, <laughs> and kept trying to give me his number. So that definitely happened. Welcome to the world of comedy. I haven't really seen him out, but maybe once or twice. Always there. I don't remember what his name is, but yeah, he was 
he definitely took that joke to heart. That All guy right. was He's speaking the truth out there. He, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's a joke, you know, <laughs> like, and sometimes it's not, but uh, whatever. Okay. All right. It's not, I have that, that I have to be careful with that one joke because it's just like a call to short guys, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Short guys, if you guys are listening, it's probably just a joke. Uh, you know, it's, it's an art. It's you know, this is not, this is not just <laughs> just, just take, speeches. Take the compliment. All right. Hope it impacts your life in a positive way. Don't come back at me with you. You know, like I'm just. Yeah. Oh wow. I feel like you were going to say Tyler Buckingham there for a second. Oh, Tyler Buckingham was really nice to me. There you go. Because I heard you say Ty. I was like, oh, I cut you off before you said that. Tyler Buckingham was really okay, nice cool. to me. Okay, cool. I like, I like Tyler, me. man. He was like, you did really well. He was like, that was your first time. You did really well. You seemed really relaxed. I can't believe you came alone. Oh, good and for him. The, But he said that so many times that I was just like. Oh, too much. Am I am I in a dangerous place right now? I was just like, should I be scared? Yeah, like, at least, baby. Yeah, like I can't believe you came by yourself. Like that is yeah. so your first one. Woo, Carry like, a knife. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't feel that way walking into the place at all. But it wasn't until he said it like the fourth time that I was like, I can't believe you came by yourself. I was just like, should I be worried? So how do you go from that experience to be like, you know what? I'm gonna do that again. Did it just feel good for you to to throw it out there? Or you just wanted to come back and see what was gonna happen next. Uh, it definitely felt good to throw it out there, cool. and um, and I don't know if it was because I was cute or what, but they all laughed at me, and they it's all... probably because you're not a male. Yeah, I was you the only I mean? girl. I was the only girl. There yeah, if you're the only night. girl in the sea of comic nerds, I'm sorry. Then yeah, it's gonna happen. You yeah. could say nothing, and they would just be like, "I love you." It was, I think. A, it was at least encouraging, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was at least encouraging. And um, Tyler, you know, told me where to look up, you know, all of the open mics in town. And then I realized, oh, um, I realized how many options there was. And um, and then I was just... And hopefully you, know, you ran into more female comics. There. Yes, <laughs> Probably yes, Probably yes, a lot like, of your same story. Like, oh, well, or, the next yeah. mic, the next mic, I met Kirsten. Oh, yeah. And, um fell in love with her immediately mm -hmm. so uh and then that was great because i was just like yeah i have a, a buddy yeah you need a buddy the yeah. buddy the buddy that's good yeah and then from that you just started doing it more and then you're yeah. starting to get on shows and getting opportunities and stuff and i mean i don't know what what's your take on the nashville comedy scene i mean i Being like you're so new to it you know well, the thing is about me being new to it is I think that's great because um, I think it changed. I wasn't here before COVID, so I don't know exactly what was going on before COVID, but I think there's been like a shakeup in a way um, that um, benefits me to not know what, what, it, what it was like before. Mm. I don't have any expectation of it. Um, and, and, and it's changing, and so that's, I think that's good. I think I came in at the right time. Um, nice. I don't know how easy it would have been to get my foot in the door uh, if I had come in previous to COVID, you okay. know. So you just find that there's, like, more opportunities for yourself and, like, or it's hypothetical, but also, like, it might be right. You know, I don't know. Uh, I think COVID did change a lot of things in certain ways, but I don't think it's bad. You know, I think okay. we have a whole crew of uh, newer comics that are out there, you know, figuring it out, and I think, I think it's a great thing, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think a lot of people just 
looked at COVID and realized that the whole world can change at a drop of a hat. And, uh, and it has, and it's new and there's more things open to everybody. And if you just, you know, if you allow yourself to follow your dreams, (laughs) Carl, if you allow yourself to dream big enough, you can get on the stripper show. (laughs) I want to be on that stripper show. Chris Reed, I want to be on your show, baby. But I get it. You know, I'm not stripper worthy. I I would probably make the least amount of money, you know. Uh, but, yeah, you're you're on that stripper show, aren't you? Yeah, I would fucking, I think you would degrade at the stripper show, Carl. Yeah, at these people, if, at the if, if these people show. don't know, there is a, 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 a new monthly showcase at Crazy oh, right. Horse. Yes. And you're on it next Sunday, right? And, yes, And they're doing a monthly showcase at Sunday at 4. And I am they, not stripping. Well. No. They can still come anyway and watch you uh, perform, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But what date is that? Is that the 20... I think it's next week. I believe it's the 26th. It is. It is the 26th. See, I know know more than you. Yeah, on... Yeah, September 26th, 4 o'clock. I know that because I saw the poster and also Josh Wagner from... Yes, Josh Wagner is going to be in town doing that thing too. He should strip because uh, he should. His hair is gorgeous. His hair is gorgeous. Like a mermaid mane. He's probably like a D cup at this point. I know. And he's got his red hair too. He might as well be Ariel. Yeah. Yeah, he should be a mermaid. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just his next Halloween <laughs> costume for sure. That makes sense. All right, Becca, we're gonna get out of here. I don't, I'm tired of uh, being in this apartment that reminds me of myself. All right, but <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, where can the people find you online? Should they find you online? Uh, you, um, this is Becca Raleigh. You can find me at um, Becca Joe on Instagram. And there's underscores involved, but I should come up. You should see me if you type in Becca Raleigh. Boom. Sure. Any, Boom. Any, par- any parting words for the people? Out there? No, I don't, I don't. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> me either. All right. So we'll just get out of here. All right, Becca, say bye. Bye. And there it was, guys. Another episode in the bag, man. Appreciate Becca for hanging out with me. And appreciate you for hanging out with the Badam Team, with Carl. Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, other stuff probably. I'm out there, baby. Click that like, click that subscribe, wherever you're at. Shoot me an email, cr3comedy at gmail.com if you got any questions about upcoming performances about this podcast about merch if you want to just send me money you can do that I'd appreciate that anyway man as always I love you man nothing but bangers in the future and one last thing before I go see you later